What do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry. The realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkandSpill.com. And this is a hashtag how did we meet segment. One of my faves, you know, it's a classic. I love bringing on people that are in my network right now to talk about how we met, what they're up to, what they're into, what they're not into, and just, you know, what's really good. Um, we've got a lot to cover. Um, and I want to make these a relatively decent amount of time. So stay tuned to the end. I obviously will have some kind of a promo or shenanigans that I'm talking about. Um, this particular guest, I'm excited because, you know, I haven't done this a lot, but typically the people on my How Did We Meet segment are people that like I've been friends with for a while. I've known for a brick and like I, I have their phone number, et cetera. Um, this is a guest that I met this year. Um, I want to say it was in Q2 sometime, maybe three, four months ago, right around the time that the whole quarantine COVID thing kind of hit us all like right in the face. Um, I was on Instagram. I don't know what I was doing, um, but she's who I connected with kind of virtually. So, um, but we just connected and you guys know how it is. Like sometimes you just meet people and you connect and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I've known you forever. And so that's who this guest is. And I'm excited about her because she has so many different things that she's like, good at and that she's doing. And it's just rare to see. And she's local. So we're going to get to know her. Um, I want to introduce her now as essentially a multi-gifted, multi-talented entrepreneur. Um, she's really like a super empowering person. And that's what she's essentially built her brand on. Um, if you go to her IG page, which hopefully you have your phone out, I'm actually going to open mine right now so I can do it with you. So open your phone right now and go to Instagram and type in Empower. So oh, Empower, you're going to see Alicia. She is incredible. Her IG bio is, I mean, it's dense, girl. There's a lot of stuff in there. Follow all, all of her pages, by the way. She's got oh, Empower. She's got oh, Experience. And then she's got the, um, the Black Women Boudoir, the Boudoir for Black Women one. Yeah, Boudoir. Is that how you say that? Boudoir? I think I'm saying it right. Whatever. Follow all three. Um, they're all really good pages. And we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about all the stuff that she's working on. We're going to talk about the events that she puts on. I actually got to like work with her on one of her events. And we're going to be pairing up and doing an event together soon. So um, this is going to be really good. It's going to be really good. So without further ado, hey, Alicia, how are you? I am well. How are you? That was a really good intro. <laughs> really nice. So thank you for that. No problem. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to have you on. I've um, I've really enjoyed being connected with you this year and seeing you just grow. We were just talking about all the stuff that you've been working on this summer and just how hard and, and how much you've been grinding. So I want to talk about, I guess, let's talk about the Owen Power because that's like one of your main squeezes. I don't want to call it the yes. main squeeze, but yes. let's talk about that and then we can kind of just kind of connect the dots for us with all that you do. Sure. So Oh, Empower really started because I started to realize that I was very insulated in what I was doing with my boudoir photography. And I really wanted to um, connect other Black businesswomen because a lot of my network outside of boudoir are other Black businesswomen. And so I really wanted to do something where we could connect in, on, well, it was, it happens to be a virtual space now, but before it being a virtual space, I was going to do events. I actually had an event planned and had to cancel it um, in March because of COVID. So it really is a space for us to connect and to, what I like to say is do collaboration over competition, because I find that that when you are in that mind frame of, I want to actually collaborate with you. I don't see you as my competitor. I feel as if that actually allows us to succeed because you cannot do things alone. Like you cannot work in isolation because it really doesn't help when you want to be the best at what you do. I find that I get amazing ideas just by, you know, talking to other women who are in business. They may not do the same thing that I actually do, but their processes are so amazing that I can use those in my own business. So I really wanted to have something that allowed women to, you know, be themselves, one, 
understand that there are women who look like them who are amazingly successful in their business and understand how they got to where they are and have questions answered where they don't feel like, oh, um, you know, this is something that I'm afraid to do. Like stepping on that other side of fear and saying, I have a question about this. Are you able to help me? So a lot of what I do are at my virtual events are really panel, having a panel who can talk about what it's like to network, to, you know, to have a barter system, to this last one I actually did was just talking about what it is like to be a Black creative and trademarking and making sure that, you know, when you're working with someone, what does that look like? What does collaboration actually look like for you? Brainstorming, all of those pieces that come together to really paint a vivid picture of what it means to be a creative, especially at this time during COVID. I agree. And competition over, competition under (laughs) collaboration. It's important. And we've seen the meme, right? I know I've seen it where it talks about, or it's like a, it's like a picture of two women sitting at like a table outside or whatever. And there's like a little, there's some text over it and it says collaboration over competition. Like I've seen that it's like ingrained in my brain. It's so important. And I will tell you when I saw your page, I, I I don't know, at one point um, when I first came across your page, I was like, oh wait, she does stuff on networking. What? I thought that was my territory. Nobody talks about networking. I'm the only (laughs) one who talks about networking. How could she talk about networking? I thought everyone knew that was my bag. Um, And then, you know, and then I started talking. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. She's, she's got a lot going on, a lot of different facets of what she's doing. This isn't like, and, and even if it was, right? Even if networking was your jam and that was like all you did and all you talked about, there's so much room and there's so much going on. And I saw a post, you know, recently, um, I saw a couple posts, one of them that talks about, um, you know, there's room for all of us to win. And then there's another one that talks about um, just the fact that like, there's so many brands, or I think it was a Rihanna one. It's like a post about Rihanna and talking about how, well, what if Rihanna had decided that there was enough makeup brands out there and that, Mm -hmm. you know, joining that roster of, of companies would be too much. It would be just be flooding the, the industry with so much makeup options and then no one would buy, right? She would be, we would all be missing out because Fenty is a great line and it would be horrible if she had not done it um, yes. or not horrible, but you know what I mean? Like we would have been missing something. And so um, one, there's room for us all. And two, I, I didn't think of it like that, of course, for like a split second. I'm like, what? Um, whenever I see somebody <laughs> yeah. doing something, doing something similar, the light bulb turns on. It goes a little bit like, "Huh, what's this? Let's investigate." And then you start to see. And, and one thing I will recommend to my listeners is that whenever you see somebody who's doing something like you, whenever you see somebody who's very similar to kind of how you're showing up online or how you want to show up online, or they have a website that you're like, "I want that website. It's so it's so nice." That's happened to me. Um, I always want you to remember. Me too. <laughs> if you look around their page, if you look around there, and it could be their web page, it could be their IG page, whatever, you'll see and you'll be able to find the differences between you and them. And you'll be able to look at you and say, okay, well, what about me is different than this person? And what about them? What is something that shines with them? And what is something that shines about me? And when you start to put that on, it just like, put it on paper. You can put it out and just in your brain. But when you really start to think about it, it's like, oh, wow, that's so interesting, right? My background and my specialties are my specialties and my background. No one is Whitney. Whitney is, isn't There is no other Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com. There isn't one. And then when I look at your page, I'm like, wow, look, she has this photography company. She's putting on these events. She's doing eBooks. She's doing this. She's got her jam. And even though we talk about similar things, even though we're passionate maybe about a couple of similar things, we are not the same person. So even if we decided to collab, there could be so much that we create together as a team because we bring different things to the table. So that's where I just want people, for me, that's been really helpful is saying, okay, well, what's special about me? What's special about her? Outside of the whole, like, we have this in common, like, what is special? And when I see that and I'm able to kind of, okay, no, no, I, no, 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 that's where, that's where we're at, right? Because I don't do photography. I don't do um, big events mm-hmm. or I'm not doing eBooks right now. I, I don't have that. Um, and then two, right, your personality is going to be different. The things that you yes. like, the, listen you, the music you listen to, the places you like to go, like your dreams, your vision board is going to be so much different than mine. So it doesn't matter what we're into or whatever. I, I, do you agree with that? 
I do. I actually did a live about that um, yesterday on O Experience where I was having a discussion about because I've been doing a lot of things, how the people who are around me know me. And so they speak to about me to other people. And so because I'm more now into networking outside of my industry, that I'm, I'm positioning myself to actually speak to people who have different things going on and they can put me in spaces that I would never dream of, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't extend myself to others, um, even within my industry. So I find that with that, like you said, there are certain things that I do not do that you do perfectly well. And I always find, like I said, it's not so much competition. It's I am doing, it's healthy competition. Let me not say that. It's a healthy competition to say, hey, we want to elevate what we're doing. So why not do it together? So I know that if I have a client that comes to me and you have a client that comes to you, then I can say, hey, I can't work with you right now, but I'm going to introduce you to Whitney and she's amazing. I've, you know, I've worked with her. I know what she is about. Um, so you get the same caliber of work as you would with me. So definitely reach out to her. So I think that that's where that comes into play. Um, which is why I started Boudoir for Black Photographers, um, for Black women, because I wanted there to be a level of sophistication for Black women to see that we are here and understand that, you know, even though I am a boudoir photographer, there are other boudoir photographers who do just as well as I do or even better based on, you know, their caliber of work. So I don't find that there's a space to just say, oh, I'm just going to be in isolation because that doesn't always work. Actually, I haven't found it work at all. And it's also just like mad boring. Like, why would you want to just sit in yeah. on Instagram or in life by yourself? Nobody wants that. <laughs> and even exactly. those introverted people are like, no, I don't like, I don't, I just like to do my own thing. I'm very introverted. I'm very shy. I'm not interested. And I'm like, but is that really true? Or do you just maybe have some underlying confidence issues mm-hmm. or maybe some communication issues, or maybe you've had some traumas in the past that prevent you from showing up as the badass that you actually are. Exactly. Um, I'm just curious because when I look at you or when I look at your page, I don't see an introverted, like sullen, isolated, I'm going to be on my island type of a person. And I understand you liking your space and wanting that. And, 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 you know, maybe you are introverted and that's completely fine. But I think a lot of people hide behind that and use that as a way to distance themselves. And I think this is a really good topic to bring up with you because we talk, we talk a lot about black women and working with black Mm -hmm. women and, and being part of that, like, epic community. And we also talk about networking, which really ends up meaning um, introducing yourself, showing up, right? Showing up for other people, holding space, sometimes being vulnerable, um, putting yourself out there, showing up. Like there's all these different pieces that come to networking. That's why I love talking about it so much. But with Black women, it can be difficult. And I've talked about this maybe once or twice before with just like why it's so difficult for us to network and collaborate in the first place. But I'm very curious what your take is on maybe why so many Black women in particular struggle with networking or at least showing up for one another and like being in a space to collaborate in the first place? Um, I think a big part of that is our interpersonal relationships that we have with our families. And I think it comes from sometimes a lack of trust because what I've seen for Black women, especially for Black girls, is that we are taught that we have to be very independent. And with that, you cannot rely on someone else to assist you. And because you don't know if that person is really going to actually step up or if you're going to have to go behind them anyway and fix what they were supposed to fix. And we see that, you know, in the broader spectrum of what is happening within America right now with how we talk about Black women are, you know, uh, superheroes and Black girl magic and all of these things that really take us away from being vulnerable with others, that take us away from, you know, just being human. And so I find that sometimes because of that, we don't want to go to someone and say, you know, can you help me with this? Because we've been taught that that's not what you're supposed to do. You are supposed to do the work and get it done, work as hard as you can. Because that's what we do. That's what you're supposed to do. 
and this other thing where, you know, girls, especially young girls, you know, young girls, they say they're catty or they can't work together. And it's totally different than they talk about for, you know, our male counterparts where boys will be boys type of thing where, you know, boys can get an argument, but then later on they'll be fine. Whereas girls will, will hold grudges for weeks and years and months. And so I think that there's a narrative about that, especially for black women, that we are very hard to work with, that we are angry, that we have, you know, massive attitudes. And I don't find that for personally, I don't find that for myself when I'm actually networking with other women, I find that they're always willing to assist. They're always willing to say, you know, what do you need? Or if I can't help you with this, I know someone who can. So I think a big part of that is understanding, you know, how you present yourself, one, and then also understanding who you're talking to. Like everyone is an individual. So you can't really come to the person and speak to them the same way that you would speak to someone else. So you really have to know, you know, how they say, um, what's the phrase I always hear now? Um, I can't think of what the word is, but understanding who your audience is and really tailoring your message to that person and coming with, you know, being genuine, being your authentic self. I think that's also important because if you're talking to someone and you're talking to them one way and then you go and talk to someone else a different way and then they're like, okay, well, you told me something else or this happened and I don't understand like why it's different when you speak to this person and and you speak to someone else. So I think you should always show up as yourself. And I think sometimes we have to put a coat or armor on. And when we put that armor on, it's it really doesn't allow other people to come into our space because we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to be in a space where we have to clean up messes because that's something that we always have to do. And I think that we just would rather not have to do that. So we just don't want to get help. So we just rather do it by ourselves instead of reaching out. And I know I have that issue as well, especially with delegating things. So that is something that I think for Black women is just learned from childhood. Yeah, I mean, they say, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Um, and that's what we're taught. I mean, yeah, I I was for sure taught to be independent for a number of reasons. Um, and I know a lot of people listening probably were as well. But I think there, when you are running a business and when you are trying to get someplace, you really do have to lean on people and, you know, it, it behooves you to do your research, to get that mentor, to get that support, to find that friend. And that's one of the big things I talk about a lot is, you know, um, the fact that a lot of us right now have friends that are doing completely different things than us. Because again, our vision boards are vastly different from one another. I've got friends who want to have a ton of kids, you know, and just want to do mom stuff and, and, and have that and doesn't really have an interest in working. Um, and that's fine. I have some friends who like legit are cool making, you know, uh, a pretty mediocre salary and just kind of chilling and seeing where the world takes them. Um, there's a lot of different people that are on, in my social group, right? But it really is important to make sure that you surround yourself with people who are actually interested in the same stuff as you. And that's where, you know, what do they say? The You're the culmination of the top five people or whatever that you hang out. Like we hear that all the time. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, who, who, are, your, who are your five people? And then we hear people say, oh, well, as you get older, you're... Your, your like network shrinks, your group of friends shrink. And that's probably true too. But I also think that's completely like figure outable or at least negotiable, especially if you're single right, and you have the, band, the bandwidth and the space to like actually have different people in your social circle. But my point is we are taught to kind of do things on our own, but as we grow up and as we're experiencing life, we, it really makes more sense to be around people who are in similar circles um, as us, right? Having those photography friends, having those um, entrepreneurial friends, having those friends that are into books, having those friends that are into travel, having those friends that are into, you know, going to brunch and getting totally turnt every weekend. Like you need to have a different type of, you know, at least a couple different groups that you can kind of rotate and be in. But that's the thing too that I've seen is that a lot of times we avoid certain things when it comes to being around people and whatnot. We say it very much to ourselves, but at the same token, like we are oftentimes 
like people's biggest cheerleaders. And we show up for people that we really do care about. We're super fans for certain folks. I'm reading this book called Super Fans right now. I'll link it in the um, show notes by Pat Flynn. I believe he's based in San Diego right now. I can't remember. But um, he talks about super fans and how, you know, all of us are super fans to something, whether you're a Star Wars person, maybe Sex in the City, maybe Aretha Franklin, like whomever you stand for, right? But a lot of times we don't have, you know, our, our social circles are kind of lacking and they don't have that where we have, where we feel supported and, and stuff like that. So it's really important coming to events, right? There's so many resources. I'm trying, one of my goals with this show is to help people say, okay, well, I didn't think about that, or I didn't think to do that, or I didn't think to go there, or I didn't think to follow that person, or I didn't think to do whatever it was. And that has now helped boost my network or boost my social circle or get rid of people who drain the hell out of me or that aren't going in the same direction. Or, you know what I mean? Like people who motivate and inspire and encourage you, like really helping you make sure that the people that you're surrounded with are amazing grade A people that, you know, deserve you and vice versa. So um, I love that you put on events and that you started to do that. I, your first one was, was it this year? Online? It was. Yes. Wow. That was my first, very first one. And now you've had a second one recently. And so what was like the topic? Like who, who was there and like kind of how did you organize these events? Uh, the first one literally was my network. Um, I had uh, Jasmine Jones from Cherry Blossom Intimates, who's an amazing entrepreneur. And she literally, she was on Forbes 30 under 30. Um, she, I think she was just on Good Morning America as well, but she is amazing when it comes to understanding how to have a, a brick and mortar business. Um, and then there, and technology as well within that. Uh, I had my sister who runs her own business again, which is, a company for um, petite seats. So it's children's rental furniture. And then I had, um, trying to think who else, uh, Black Girl Daily, Ray Calloway. Um, and she actually has built a platform on Instagram, which is pretty much just showing entrepreneurs, Black women, other entrepreneurs. She does a lot with fashion and things like that. Um, LaShawn Dreyer, who runs Black Women Hustle. And so her network is vast as well. And she pretty much does networking as well. And so she has around, I think, 45,000 people on Instagram. And then my last person was Aisha. And Aisha is a PR person. So I actually reached out to the people who I knew first and said, hey, I want to put this on. If you are interested, this is the date, you know, let me know. My sister, of course, said yes immediately. Uh, Ray, of course, said yes. And then I reached out to the others because I know their schedules are totally busy, but they were willing to just come and talk about what it is to pivot during COVID. And so a lot of our conversation, our panel was about how do you pivot what should you do in your business? What has helped you? And we definitely talked about networking and how they've used networking within their business to really flourish. So with this last one, which was on Saturday, this was more so about just being a creative. So I had um, Denise A. Grant, who is a, an amazing baker. She does beautiful cakes and she also does events, um, a lot of corporate events, celebrity events. I had... Um, now my mind is gone blank now. That's what happens when it's hot and you're trying to figure stuff out. Uh, and then I had Makia, who is a, she's going and in, getting into being a life coach. She's a podcaster as well. She's a journalist. And then um, the final person that I had is Lejeune King. And Lejeune King is, her personality is just amazing. She is a, out of Texas, a photographer who does families and she does families of color. That is her thing. Families of color, as well as branding photography and lifestyle photography. So this was really about trademarking. How do you protect your business as a entrepreneur who is a black woman, who is a creative? What does that look like? What is your thought process? How do you deal with clients who, you know, you have a vision for what your brand is or what your business is, and then you have clients that are coming in and telling you something different. How do you work with that? What do you do? So it was more so about the business side as, instead of the networking side of as a creative, as a black woman, what does that look like, especially within what's happening now with a lot of businesses who are now realizing that we are here and they're coming in and saying, you know, I want to work with you to really show that they are diverse and 
what you should do in that space. Like, how should you price yourself? What does that look like? What does your contract look like? And really understanding what it is to be a Black woman within what's happening, not only with COVID, but, you know, how now America is really taking to being taken to task for how they're dealing with racism in America. So we had a small snippet about that, but it was a, an amazing conversation because there are certain things that I know as an entrepreneur, um, but just to hear other women talk about it and their expertise and their experiences really lends itself to having a broad conversation because even though we are all black creatives, they still are in different markets than I am and they're doing different industries than I am and some I would never ever do. And I love that I'm able to give, you know, the audience that space to understand that, yes, you may be doing the same thing, but this is totally different than as you spoke about, you know, even though we're in networking, we're totally different when it comes to how we talk about network and what we're doing. So I really wanted that to be a, a stage to say, this is what you can do as a creative using what they've already talked about, but putting your own spin on it. So it was really an uplifting experience. And a lot of people were talking about how they felt rejuvenated in what they were saying, because maybe, you know, with everything that's going on, they were feeling down, their business isn't doing as well. So hearing how these women have turned everything they're doing around, have decided to not listen to others and really put their time and emphasis on what they know their value to be really helped a lot of the other entrepreneurs that were there understand what their role is and what their worth is. Mm-hmm. And it's powerful. I, you know, community is so powerful because of that exact reason, right? And we haven't had enough places where Black women have come together and actually been able to vibe out, learn from each other, and really figure out what their next steps are going to be and, and be empowered by one another. And, you know, looking at folks in the room who have been doing X, Y, and Z longer or who maybe have more experience or who maybe have more knowledge and expertise in an area and really just paying attention to what they have to say. Um, I, I think it's just, it's really slept on and it seems simple because we're like, of course, you know, community, you got to learn from each other, but like, we don't do it, right? It, it's just not done enough. You see all of these super cookie cutter Caucasian events and you go there and and you don't have the same experience. And, and that's nothing against those types of events, right? That's fine. It's just, that's what's the majority. That's what's been the majority. And they'll have occasionally, you know, a speaker here or there that might look like you, but, you know, contrary to popular belief, black women are very different from one another. We don't all look alike. We don't all talk alike. We're not all from the same place. We like different things. And so having one person of color on your panel or on your stage or in your you know what I mean? And your speakers list isn't going to always speak to every single black woman um, in the in the room. And that's why these events are great because it gives you more of an opportunity to actually like really resonate with somebody and say, wow. And not to say that you can't resonate from like some white dude. I'm just saying that like, it's just different. It's mm-hmm. just different. Um, and it's really, really special. So I really recommend guys, if you're interested in Looking, you know, just look, just be nosy, follow her IG pages, but like see who's on the roster for the next one. Because I actually got to participate in the first one that happened a few, a month or two ago. And it was so much fun. And I learned a lot. And it was fun, like the online platform. I felt like I was in a real conference, like at a real conference. And um, there's so much to learn. And what's really cool is you can like connect with people and um, offline, like you can add them on Insta and you can, you know, DM them and voice note them, which is what I do a lot and tag them and stuff. And and it really does expand your network. So I'm glad you put on events like this. I think they're great. I think a lot of people think they're great too. And um, the more you do it, just the more opportunities are going to be had. So if you guys are interested, definitely just peep out the next, um, the next list, the next event to see who's who's on there, who's going to be speaking. And you know what? Maybe you want to pitch to speak or you know somebody who does, you know, send her a DM. I don't know. I'm sure she'll respond, right? Alicia, you'll you'll respond. Yeah, I actually, um, I love doing that because like I said, everyone has a different experience, like you said. So I always love to have women who are literally like, this is what I did. This is what I have coming up. This is how I was able to do this 
And I would love to share that with your audience. To me, that's the best thing because I think experience trumps education when it comes to that. Me too. Me too. And I saw that, right? As a, that's another meme that I love, love, love that says networking will get you into rooms that education and like knowledge or something will, won't, <laughs> won't. That's the saying. It's so yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. So I want to talk a little bit more about your other endeavors and we'll circle back. Um, but we talked about O Empower. So guys, make sure you follow the at O O-H, Empower, IG page. And you'll see in her bio there that there's a couple of other IG pages. Make sure you follow those and you click on the website, um, which is, is it oempower.com or oexperience.com? Oempower.com and then the other one is oexperience.com. Okay. So just follow both websites. They're both really cool and they have a lot of information on there. Um, And one of them has like the past events so you can see like what the past is. I like it when people do that because I don't know. I like it because it kind of helps you see just like the caliber of folks that they've like worked with and what those people do. And then that way you can go and follow them if you're interested. It's kind of like a pro tip when you're like perusing people's pages, seeing who they've collaborated with. Because if you like Alicia and her page, then you might also like the people that Alicia is cool with. So it just gives you kind of that like networking, kind of like LinkedIn, right? You can see people's connections and stuff. Um, so I recommend going through the website and perusing and adding some stuff. But I do want to talk about the O Experience page and the Bourgeois for Black Women page. Um, so you are based in Maryland, right? Yes. Okay. So tell me about your photography and the Bourgeois page and kind of how that call got started. So I actually have a degree in uh, fine arts and photography and computer imagery. And I started with weddings, um, somewhat fashion photography, and then into portraiture as well, like family portraiture and what we like to call lifestyle sessions. And from there, I really just got burnt out and I saw a a need for women in general to really feel beautiful and feel like they can connect with that, that woman that is literally within yourself that is drenched and drowned in family, career, you know, stress and all those things that happen. And so about three years ago, I decided to get rid of all different types of photography and just focus on boudoir. And then um, around maybe a year or so after I started, I really just focused on Black women because I found that within all of the platforms that I'm a part of, What was happening is there was always talk about diversity within size, but never diversity within, you know, race or ethnicity. And so I really started to figure out, like, what is it that needs to be done in order to focus solely on Black women? Because the way I think about this is that when we talk about what sexuality or sexiness is, or that sexual confidence for Black women, we don't get to choose it for ourselves. It's always been chosen for us. And that could be from media, that could be from, you know, whatever spiritual house you attend, and family as well. And so I really wanted to give Black women a space to be vulnerable, take off, like I said, that armor that we have to wear to protect ourselves from the outside world. And allow them to say, this is something that I can do for myself. This is something that I deserve. This is something that allows me to define what my version of sexy is and what my version of femininity is. And so I started that about three years ago and it's become something totally different now, which I love because as I've grown, you know, my brand has grown as well. And so about a year, a year ago, actually this month, I decided to do Boudoir for Black Women. And Boudoir for Black Women is basically we have photographers, Black photographers from all the way from London down to Oklahoma, you know, Texas, everywhere. And I wanted there to be a space where Black women could see themselves and understand that there are photographers who look like them who shoot Boudoir because I was actually getting messages from women saying, you know, I saw your work and I love it, but I don't know if my photographer understands what I'm going for. I don't think my photographer understands, you know, the makeup and how do I go about this? What should I say to my photographer when it comes to if asking if they've ever shot Black women before? And so I realized that there was a, a strong need to see us in the space where ours, you know, being sexy was something that 
we felt comfortable enough to show because we had ownership and power over it. So that started a year ago. And, and thus far, it's been amazing because of the, the messages that I've been receiving. Um, we're actually doing an expo in September to really branch out and educate not only our clients, but also the people who want to learn how to do boudoir or just photographers in general who are, are getting into that space and want more education. And from people who look like us, because there is a definite difference in, at least for me, how I am able to shoot Black women, when, especially when it comes to post-production editing, how we want to look. And so I really wanted to focus on that and not just on size, because I feel like that is a cop-out when it comes to diversity, is just focusing on, well, we have you know women of all sizes, but they all look the same, same skin tone, same everything, but they're just different sizes. So I really wanted to focus on Black women understanding that we are here to support them and they always have control over their sexuality and what they find to be sexy and that confidence that they can get from really tapping into that part of themselves. I love it. And, you know, we said this about events and, and whatnot too, but the same is true for this. You can absolutely find a photographer of any race um, or creed or backgrounds or whatever, nationality, religion, that could do a photo shoot for you like this and make you feel phenomenal. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, the way that Black women tend to be viewed in society and um, the way their bodies are typically used. And I've been getting really deep into a lot of this stuff lately. So you guys are just going to have to bear with me because my sister, Elise, and I have been reading and reading and reading. And it's just like the more I read, the more I learn about some of the just like madness of what is reality right now and what really what it's been. But whatever, the, the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot there's a lot. It's a, taking a photo of someone, especially a bourgeois photo, which is very intimate. Um, it, it's it's layered. That's a layered conversation. I think the same can be said about you know maternity shoots. Um, a lot of times, those can be very sacred. They can be very vulnerable. It's a very intimate type of a space, and you have to, especially someone who's maybe had miscarriages before, and being able to support them. Do you think that someone who is shooting someone in a photography um, photo shoot uh, who has had a miscarriage themselves would be able to better relate to the person that they're shooting, right? In that in that shoot, who's also been through that same thing, yeah. Absolutely. Right. The answer would be yes. And would that person want to or whatever? But if that person made their whole business around that, then that could be very powerful and that could be very intimate. And that's not to say that somebody who's never experienced a miscarriage couldn't, you know, properly shoot an amazing photo session with that person. It just means that there's that layer of intimacy and feeling seen and validated and heard in a, in a deeper more profound way. So I just want to make sure that that's clear, that that's why it's important. Because I, I still believe today that there are some people who really don't understand the importance of why, behind why, of we need these spaces specifically for Black women. And people are like, well, why aren't there, you know, like, you know, Indian bourgeois photographers or, you know, Asian, you know, Chinese or whatever. And it's like, maybe there are. I don't know. I am not in that group. So I couldn't tell you, right? But it's still important. And that's it for me because of the mm -hmm. history. And I'm sure you can speak to this too, but because of the history that we have, um, it's just really important that black women have spaces where they feel seen and, and, and really treated really well. Um, and that's where I think the importance behind this is one of the, one of the meanings and, and reasons behind it. But I did just want to say that, um, some people I think are still confused as to why it's so important. Have you ever had anybody say, or, or kind of challenge you oh, on that? Or have oh, most people... yes, 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 yes. Of course. Really? Uh, especially with boudoir for black women. Yes, definitely. I, which is interesting to me because on the actual bio, it says exactly what it is. It's black photographers shooting black women. That's exactly what it says. But I have gotten messages, you know, with people who are upset about they are not able to show their work. And so usually what I will do is give them a, um, there's another, well, there was, they've disbanded now, but there was a group called Do More Photographers, which is one of the main reasons why I actually did Boudoir for Black Women, because we were not represented. We would, we just, it just wasn't there. Like what would happen is there would be maybe one or two images 
that someone would take. But what I saw even with that on Facebook, because they had a large Facebook group, maybe like eight to 10,000 people in the group. I would always see that the black women did not get as much love as everyone else. And so I realized that that's something that needed to be addressed. And instead of just seeing it as a problem, I needed to find a solution for it. And so I do get messages, you know, of people not understanding. And what I think to myself about that is one, it doesn't matter to me because I know that we matter. I know that representation matters. And if they cannot understand that, then that's not a problem that I need to address. That's a problem that they need to address within themselves. And also, I always talk about when you go on Google and you look for, let's just put in sexy woman, you only see, you know, usually it's a, a very skinny white woman with, you know, either blonde or some type of, you know, red hair. She has a bikini on. Um, she may be in like a very subjective, a subjective pose, like on a car, you know, doing something that doesn't make sense, but she has a bikini on. She has to do it like that because that's sexy. And then usually you'll have to go down, you go down, you go down, you go down, and then you'll finally find a black woman. But what you will see is a black woman with a very large bottom, very small waist, um, usually, you know, very long hair. And you will see her fully, fully made up. And she obviously has a bikini on as well because that's what's sexy. And then you will see her, what I usually see is very dark lighting, moody lighting. Maybe her skin has some type of like oil on it, it's glistening. And it's always usually the same type of image. And it's the same image that is what we see, especially in music videos, what we see, you know, on a daily basis. And it's, it just, it's troublesome because we don't all look like that. That's not all our sexy. And even recently with, um, what was it, Vogue, I think it was, where there was an image of a beautiful, beautiful black gymnast. Um, and the image made her look, it really made her look ashy. Like it didn't make any sense why she looked that way. And her skin is gorgeous. Her skin is beautiful. And then you see, you know, Viola Davis on, I think it was Vanity Fair. I don't remember what the magazine was and how beautiful she actually looked. Her skin, everything was set correctly. And it was just an amazing image that was taken by a black photographer. And I feel like we don't understand why it matters when you have black photographers because they get how our skin should look. They get how when you are doing certain lights, there are certain lights that really don't make us look very flattering. So you need that person to give you that information as a professional to say, you know, maybe this might not look so good on you. So let's try this. And you want to have that person, whereas someone who is not, I'm not, I'm going to say it's ignorance because I don't think it's, it's something where they're trying to say that they don't understand. I think they're just ignorant to what it means to be a black woman or black person in general in America when it comes to photography. Now that's a whole rabbit hole I can talk about, you know, with the coloring, the color grading and how it wasn't set up for us in the first place when it comes to Kodak and all that stuff. So there is definitely a history of racism when it comes to that. And for me, I just want to have a space where black women can see themselves all hues, all sizes and say, I can take this to my photographer and say, this is why, and this is what I want to look like. Can you do this? And if not, can you point me in a direction of someone who can, because this is how I want to look because this person reflects me. And that is why it's so important to have these spaces so that we feel comfortable enough to say, I am beautiful. I am gorgeous. I am sexy. And I can take ownership of that. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it's a fantastic example. I think the first time I saw that example was, um, I think it was a couple of times. The most, the most recent, the ones I remember the most were the, the ones of Issa Rae. And they talked about uh, Issa Rae's photo shoots that she had done for like super white magazines. And then for like Ebony or Essence or something, it was Essence um, that she did. And it was, I mean, drastically different. Um, and then I think it was Lizzo who had done a photo shoot and they did the same thing. But they also did it with people who, I guess, you know, really tried to cover up her body. And, um, 
instead of like celebrating it and really highlighting it and, and making it look good versus, you know, taking like this, these wavy pieces of fabric and just kind of like draping them over her. It was really interesting. And I honestly would not have really noticed it probably um, because you're looking at so many other things when you look at a photo of someone, right? You're looking at their makeup, you're looking at their hair, you're looking at the way that they're standing, their pose, the background, the color, the lighting, like you're looking at all these different things. Um, so you don't always see this, but when I, when I read that, I was like, damn, that is noticeable. You know, that when you look and they had a lot of examples of, of how the photographers had, you know, or whomever picked out the outfits for her had done that. And you know what? Maybe it was Lizzo who, who wanted it that way. You know, we don't know, but I sometimes wonder, and you can, because most of the time these outfits and stuff are, are planned ahead of time. And the same thing can be heard. We've, we've all heard of, you know, women on stages or, you know, when they're recording shows and movies and stuff and how they, in models and how they don't ever have like people who can do ethnic hair. And it's like, well, but you hired ethnic people and yet no one here knows how to do ethnic hair. And I just, it blows my mind. I find mm-hmm. it mind-boggling that this is the reality and it happens all the time. Like there's literally no consideration. And this is from a group of people who have dog shows with like a gazillion types of dogs who have wine events with wines from all over, all over the world that they can memorize and like, you know, bring in people for, and like learn the background. Like it just, it really, really drives me crazy how intentional how intentional this is and it's it's honestly you're right this is a rabbit hole and it 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 really grinds my gears and I try not to focus on it too much but when you really start looking at this stuff y'all it really it's like wow wow this is really how it's set up this is really how people navigate and and set themselves up I mean Kodak who I'm sure people listening to that didn't know that about Kodak yeah, it, it really is. And it's something that you really don't think about because if it's exactly like racism, like you don't think about these little microaggressions if they don't, if you don't have to deal with them on your daily life. So I get it. I, I totally understand that point, but that doesn't mean that you should not be aware of them. I think that's that's the biggest thing because what happens is it really takes the uh, the humanity out of that person because you don't see them as a, as a human. You just see them as something else. So like you said, with the dog shows, like why can you find, you know, a hairstylist that can do your dog? But when a lot of the, like Naomi Campbell, Tyra Banks, um, Iman, Iman did her whole makeup line because she said, you know, she would have to bring her own colors and mix them up herself to get her face as she wanted it to look. And you will see in some of those old pictures, you'll see they have like a really nasty, like grayish cast to their skin because they could not do their makeup. So they got used to doing their own makeup, which is why a lot of them actually are good at it themselves because no one would be able to do it for them, especially with the hair. Like we all seen Naomi Campbell. We've seen her edges. We've seen what happened. And it's the same thing. Like you don't see what we should be looking like when it comes to the everyday black woman that we see on the street. And it's a shame because black people as a whole, our GDP is the same as the country of Russia's. So we are spending money, especially on beauty products. Like we spend trillions of dollars on beauty products alone. And there's a a big market in that and people are not tapping into that, which is crazy to me. But I think it's just, it's such a shame because there are so many things that we don't have access to. And I really did not want boudoir photography to be one of those things because I think that every woman deserves to feel her best outside of her wedding, because usually that's when all eyes are on her, her hair, her makeup, this beautiful dress And everyone is around her at that moment when she's getting ready. And you don't get to feel that feeling again when you take pictures because it's usually, you know, after that, it's family portraits and everything is about your family. It's never about you as a woman and your transition. Even your maternity pictures, they're about, you know, this new body that you have 
and your husband, if he comes in to take the pictures as well. It's not about just you. That's true. You bring up uh, a number of other topics that we could, we could really spend a lot of time on. Um, hmm. Yeah, we really could. Um, I, I just, I wanted to be clear here that representation matters and I'm really, really looking forward to all of the new businesses that arise. I think right now it's kind of an awkward time for a lot of folks to start businesses and to really pursue their passions in full speed, especially Black women when we're dealing with all that's going on in the news right now. Um, It's really kind of difficult to thrive at full capacity when so many horrific things are going on right outside our doors. Um, But once things calm down, once things get to a point where we can not feel that motion sickness and that like, constant ebb and flow of like horrible, horrific events. Um, I really do believe that some really phenomenal businesses, the women that have been watching and waiting for their opportunity, who have been who are currently brainstorming and, and figuring out how they're going to make their mark in the world, how they're going to do their own version of a bourgeois business for Black women, their own version, right? And it could be making wedding gowns that don't look like all the basic white girls that you see in Jared's.com's website, like Jared Bridal, like that kind of stuff. I'm excited for that. I'm so excited for that. I really, really, really hope if you or someone you know are, are contemplating or sitting, thinking about creating a business that's going to specifically help Black women, Brown women, Latin American, it doesn't matter, honestly. But like that is what gets me pumped. What gets me excited because the more that happens, the more we shift away from this narrative that, you know, if it ain't white, it ain't right. That whole, (laughs) that whole white supremacy thing, it's literally ingrained, not to mention the patriarchy. It's all, everything it's ingrained, right? It's ingrained and it's, it's there and you can learn about why, right? You can spend time learning about why it's all the information is out there. All of it's out there to learn about why, but I'm really pumped for the people who are going to be part of changing that narrative and making it more inclusive for everybody so that that's not the norm. When our norms start to change, the world starts to change. It's insane. It's incredible. It's so cool. And I'm, I'm just really, I'm really, really excited. And I think platforms like yours, Alicia, are going to be the ones that help women get to a point where they say, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to collab. I'm going to work with, I'm, I'm going to watch more of what this person's doing because I resonate with them and I'm going to learn from them and maybe work with them and hire them or, you know what I mean? Follow them for a while and see the magic that they're creating in their business so I can be inspired to make my own. That's what networking and all this is all about because you really could find somebody that can help change the game for you easily. And I say that a lot. That was one of my famous, mm-hmm. and actually I will ask you that question. Um, in a second, but I did want to say that that's, it, it, it's a catalyst and that's what LinkedIn literally gives you that visual representation of, of you connect with one person and then you see immediately who they're connected to. And then you can connect with them and see who they're connected to. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. But there's so many phenomenal relationships that you can essentially create by networking and doing that. So this is really exciting. And I hope people follow your page and attend your events and show up um, for, for you and for themselves so that we can start like helping to shift this in like a huge, huge space. Cause it's not just about infiltrating the current Caucasian spaces that exist. It's not, it really is about elevating our own experiences and our own platforms in and of themselves, because there is so much to be said about having, you know, plus size pages, right? It's not enough to just take a super, you know, whatever you want to call it size regular. I don't, we're not going to call it regular, but like the generic, whatever kind, whatever you want to call it, right? But just like what people deem as the, which is funny because like those sizes typically aren't even the average. I think what the, the average woman is like a size 12 or something. So that's not, that's not yeah. there. Let's I mean, there. <laughs> it's true. Even with that, like that, um, there, that movement that you're speaking on when it comes to inclusion and sizing, that movement was started by black women. Literally. But again, as we see, it was co-opted. And because of that, like this movement for um, body positivity was started by fat black women. They'll tell you I'm a fat black woman, like they'll say it. And it was co-opted. And 
we don't give the credit where credit is due. Like even with the Me Too movement, uh, Black Lives Matters as well. Like they've all been started by Black women or Black queer women. And it's never been something that once we started, other people like to take it over. So I think what you said is so important for us to really collaborate so we can insulate ourselves and say, we started this and we're going to continue with this. Yes. And it's, it's not enough to just infiltrate or to be inclusive in non-inclusive spaces. It also means a lot to just create your own, right? You don't need to just always go where everyone's already looking. You can create loud enough noise on your own or with someone nearby, right? To partner with and make people look over there. That's, I, I think, what my, what my point was. So that I'm, I'm with you. I think that's so cool. And like I said, I'm excited to see what happens. I really, really, really am. I think it's going to change. What's happening right now is literally going to change everything. It's going to change everything. And in the best ways when it comes to shopping, when it comes to apps, when it comes to user experiences and like different UIs and just all of this. It's, everything is shifting and it's so, so good. Because it's going to it's going to help get rid of some of this like well things should be this way or things should be this way they've always been this way this is the right way this is the normal size the regular you know what I mean like that's going to shift and we're going to stop looking at things that same way and I'm I'm really excited so anyway I'm going to ask you this question now so one of my favorite questions I used to ask all the time um, and I still ask it every so often is tell me about a time and we're going to close out on this um, tell me about a time when networking changed the game for you? When I actually met uh, Jasmine Jones, who owns Cherry Blossom Intimates in Maryland, I was actually looking at her store. I think they've been around for maybe two years now. And when they decided to open, I remember driving and seeing it. And I called my sisters and was like, guess what? It's a, a, a lingerie space that's opening literally maybe two stops, two exits away from my studio. And so I'm like, I can't, this is crazy. I need to make sure that I'm there when they open. So I stalked and stalked and stalked. And the day they opened, I got there late and I was like, man, but Jasmine opened the door and was like, come in, you know? And I remember I had, I was just talking to her. Like, you know, I I do photography. My studio is two exits away. I would love to see how we can connect and work together. And of course, it wasn't the right time. I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just really too excited because they just opened that day. And so from there, I waited maybe a few weeks and then I reached out to her again. And I said, hey, you know, I'm interested to know if you would be interested in collaborating and what that looked like for you. And she was in Israel for a Forbes event. So I, you know... Decided not to reach out again. And then I had just started posting on my Instagram page more. And she liked, I think the company liked something that I did. And so I was like, I'm just going to reach out again. And from there, what we have done is I am one of their branding photographers. So when they have certain looks that they want done, um, we actually get together and I shoot the women in my studio I also have a boudoir experience that is around, it's all inclusive around their business where I actually go in with the client and we choose outfits based on their body type, what they want to look like, be it, you know, very sensual and sexy or something light and airy and fun. So I've actually been able to, we've been able to merge our businesses in that space where I'm actually using their product to market to my clients and they also do the same. And I was supposed to be going before COVID happened. I was supposed to be going to Mexico and then Jamaica, which was Jamaica was actually this week. And they were one of my sponsors for that. So all of the women were actually going to get outfits before we even went. um, The other trip was in April. I actually went, we had a, a really nice like brunch type thing where they were able to get, you know, mocktails and we, talked and they tried on their outfits, the things we were going to take with us to Mexico. So they have been, Jasmine has been amazing when it comes to what I'm able to do with them and to really connect in a way to give my clients a totally different experience than what they would get with a regular boudoir experience. I love that. And I love that you didn't give up. 
you know, it can be awkward sometimes. And it's like, eh, the timing isn't right. I've got this going on. I've got that. Because you don't know what people are dealing with, right? Behind the phone, behind the gram, behind the account. You don't know what people are dealing with, no. what they're going through. And exactly. So it's really important not to take stuff like that personally or to really, you know, at that point to say, oh, well, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Because what if you hadn't messaged her that second time? I just wonder. Like, exactly. You know? And and that's something that, like you said, I think it's so important to understand to not take things personal because, like you said, you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's going on. You don't know how someone, you know, their day, like even that. And so mm-hmm. at first I wasn't even, I was not actually going to message her again. But then I said, and what's also important is having a, a team of, you know, other business owners that are around you because I have a group of amazing boudoir photographers and we talk every day on like um, instant messenger. And when I talked to them about it, they were like, just try again, like just try again and see what she says. And that, that time where I tried again was actually when I got through to her. And so I was, you know, very appreciative of them saying, you know, just try again, see what happens. And even if she doesn't, message you, you still try it again. So that's all that matters. Yep. And that's the thing, right? People think, and (laughs) I always use the example of like when people talk about like models and stuff and people always assume that models are like boot up and got boyfriends and girlfriends Mm -hmm. and husbands and wives, but a lot of them are single as hell. And literally for no other reason than the fact that people never want to shoot their shot. And so a lot of times they don't, they don't get anything. They don't get it as much as you think. You think that everyone's hitting them up. And the same goes for people who have these IG pages that are like banging. You're like, oh, well, you know, this person's got a million gazillion. They're not going to respond to my DM. They're not going to respond to my comment. They're not going to see that I'm like fangirling on all their shit. They're not going to see that. But guess what? They probably will, especially at some point, right? It, it really does behoove you to just take the chance because otherwise you're going to be pissed when you see somebody else who gets through to them, who's coming from a very similar place as you, who maybe doesn't have a following, doesn't have like a legit website, you know, doesn't really know what they're doing right now on the earth. Like those people, the people that are consistent, the people who show up and are just like, you know what, screw it. What's the worst they can say? Um, you know, the worst they can say is nothing number one, right? Which doesn't hurt at all. So it, it really is worth shooting your shot. And we could probably do a whole episode on that. I actually love that topic, but yes. um, I'm really glad that you, you gave that example because I think people need to hear that. Um, it, it, really, it really is important. So thank you for being on the show. I know when we start, we never know where we're going to end up on some of our, our turns and our dips and our and our lefts and rights, but Mm -hmm. I think this was a lot of fun and it was a great conversation. And I'm really glad that you were able to, uh, to come on board this week. Thank you for having me. I I greatly appreciate it. Yes. So your ebook is live right now, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Right on my um, Instagram page. You can go on my, either one of my, all three of my Instagram pages is actually there. Okay. So people can go and buy this ebook and the ebook is about going live on social, right? Yes, which is something that I do religiously um, on O Empower. I do not O Empower, excuse me, O Experience. I do it quite often, maybe six to between six to 10 times a month, maybe even more. I can dig it. Yeah. So at least weekly. Um, Yeah which I think is important. And by the way, guys, we will be going live on Instagram. So if you're listening to this on launch day or the week of launch day, we will be going live at the top of the week. So Monday night, I believe is when we're going to go live. So um, what day is that? The 27th? I think it's the 27th. Yes, so I think so. Definitely make sure you're following our Instagrams. We're going to go live. We're going to just do some Q&A. If you've got questions, if you're in the DMV and you want to get like a photo shoot, you need some, rec- wherever you are, if you need some recommendations, for boudoir photo shoots, if you want to attend an event, you want to speak at one, you want to be a vendor at one, whatever. I don't know. Be creative. Um, it's definitely an opportunity to pitch, to say hello, to connect, 
to get connected, etc. So we're going to go live on Instagram soon, but um, definitely share this episode with somebody that you know who is local. Um, and it really, at this point, it doesn't even matter where you're located because we're all in the house on the internet. So just share this episode with your friends. Um, if you enjoyed this conversation and maybe you just like love me as a person really, really, really deeply, then I recommend you going to the Apple Podcasts app and giving this podcast five stars because it just, it does good things. You know, it does. It looks good. Number one, number two, it also helps like the algorithm stuff. I don't know, but reviews, it makes me happy. I've told you this before and I will give shout outs before I've, I've said that before and I've been doing it, been pretty good about it. Um, I did want to give a quick shout out to somebody who is constantly, um, not constantly, but like at least monthly, she sends me like a screenshot of, and like actually tags me with me saying nothing to her, um, on both of my IG accounts. And I absolutely love her for it. Um, so shout out to Deanna West. Um, I love you. Thank you for that. (laughs) So I want to give some shout outs, but yes, if you want to shout out and like, I will be doing prizes soon. I've, I've talked about doing, um, competitions, not competitions. What are they called? Um, giveaways. Yeah, like giveaways and and whatnot. Um, there's another word I can't think of it, but I want to do like promos and stuff for people, and I want to give away mm-hmm. stuff. But I want to know what you guys want. So if you're like me and you're into Starbucks, you just want like Starbucks gift cards because frappuccinos are your jam. Let me know. Um, if you're somebody who would rather have like a book that maybe talks about Black history and that talks about like just like Black women who have like been able to persevere and do really epic shit, or just like you want to learn more about random black history stuff. Like we are your people for that because between my sister, Elise and I, we've got books. So, um, if you want, like maybe we could do a book giveaway. Um, I mean, I'm down. Maybe we could do some tickets to one of Alicia's next events. We could do like a raffle. Um, let me know what you want and we'll set something up, but I did want to throw that in here at the end. So again, Alicia, thank you so much guys. Make sure you are following her on the gram. Just do it. Just do it. Be nosy. Add her. See what she's all about. Make a decision. She's got three IG pages. OH, right? O experience. And then O empower. And then boudoir for black women spelled out. So follow those pages. Um, And just, you know, give her a shout out when you see her and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. It was so good. Um, Because people love that. Love that. It's also really just nice to do because that's how you found her. Um, anyway, do you have anything else, Alicia? Did I forget anything? Any last words of wisdom that you want to share with everybody? Oh, thank you. That's the first thing I do want to say. Thank you. I, I do appreciate whenever I actually get to just share and talk to other, you know, amazing black women who are doing the damn thing. So I love that. Um, I would just honestly say one of the biggest things that I find that sometimes entrepreneurs struggle with is trying to figure out what their purpose is. And so I always want to tell them, start with what you know, like start with whatever you know that you're good at, start with that first, and then always remember to be yourself. Because many times your clients want to know who you are and not what you do. So it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, the Instagram fame and likes and things like that, but your clients want to know who you are as a person. So just make sure that you're staying true to that. Amen. Or as they say on RuPaul's Drag Race, a woman. (laughs) Well, guys, this is another successful episode of Network and Spill. Um, You guys know where to find me, Whitney Danielle Co underscore and at Network and Spill on Instagram. So please follow, you know, share, subscribe, like, whatever, and come back next week because I've got more episodes. I'm not going to tell you what they're going to be next week. You're just going to have to show up and make sure you come on for our IG live because it will be fun because they're always fun. So, and you get to see us like in real life and it's fun. So um, that's it guys. I'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers.